When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the rubber chicken says, if stupidity were erased, then Ted Cruz should be the winner. He not only laps the field, he laps himself. Hell, he's dumber than a rubber chicken, and I had to know because I'm a rubber chicken. Oh, thanks for sharing, my friend. But it's time now for Lewis Black's Rantcast number 36. That's right. Entitled, When Gun Violence Hits... Common sense is the first casualty. You know, I wish I had something funnier to say, uh, a better title that would be something to laugh right. But, you know, I'm, I'm tired of dignifying stupidity and ignorance with a joke. It is beyond belief. The first responder, of course, was, as the rubber chicken points out, once again, Ted Cruz, who immediately after two major mass killings, one in, uh, in Boulder, one in uh, Atlanta, uh, says, you know, we shouldn't be going through these theatrics. Every time this happens, we do this this ridiculous the- theater. And the fact of the matter is, it's nothing, nothing theatrical at all about trying to find a way to deal with gun violence, okay? It requires common sense, which seems to flee many of you in the Senate when it's around, okay? Background checks. 90% of us agree on it. All right. I would have put that in a tweet, but I didn't want to listen to people, you know, throwing their nonsense back at me. But well, listen to me, shithead. I bet you want to come get my gun, which is what people have said before. No. A background check is, as Ted Cruz once, once again said, you know, that's, that's just trying to take away guns from people. No, it's not. OK. OK, it's not. So stop it. No one's trying to take away anybody's gun. What they're trying to do is to get somebody to maybe think about about what why they're buying the gun. You know, if they want to get it for hunting, fine. They can wait three days. Okay, somebody who needs it for hunting isn't going to go, oh, wow, i got to hunt. Boy, hunting season's coming. They fucking know. If it's for some some form of protection, general, you know, nine times, they, they know. And, and they'll get it. But it's done in order, I think, to, to, to force certain people to maybe take a few days to fucking think about the fact that maybe I shouldn't be wandering into a supermarket with a, uh, with, with, you know, and able to fire off rounds. I mean, come on. Or that maybe the, the, the person might show up that somebody that they have to talk to might realize that this person is, wow, they're, oh my God, they're talking to their, they're talking to some uh, hand puppet, uh, or they're uh, they're talking to themselves. Maybe we shouldn't give it to somebody who who's having a discussion with themselves uh, in front of us. Uh, maybe they'd be wearing Nazi, you know, memorabilia. We might not want to sell it to them. God in heaven. 
All right? How many more of us does it need to be? How many do, do we need to take? Huh? How many of us does it need to, to pass this, this simple common sense legislation? Common sense doesn't work because common sense doesn't have a lobby. The gun lobby pays more. And who gets, apparently, according to what I read this week, who gets the most money from the gun lobby? Oh, let's take one, dun, 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 dun. Ted Cruz, all right. And the rubber chicken says Ted Cruz. I don't think we need to have, you know, anybody be able to have, a, you know, guns that, you know, are able to shoot 150 rounds. There's no reason for that. All right? You're not, you're not going out to, sh to, to shoot up a herd of... Uh, of, of fucking rhinos, and you shouldn't be. Jesus, God. What do you, you know, I mean, what level of man is, you, you know, why not have it so that if you want to go do that, there's a place you can go do that at. You can go there and fire them off to your, your you know, your heart's content. But keep them out of the hands of, 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 of fucking folks, okay? Because they don't need them. I mean, even the police have said this, and armor-piercing bullets, we go on and on and on. Stop it already, okay? You know, between the gun lobbies, the lobbyists and those, and those who make the ammunition and want to sell it and the profit motive and all that shit, stop it, all right? The big experiment didn't work, okay? The, the idea was, boy, if everybody had a gun, everybody would be safe. Well, that's bullshit. I don't want to hear you. Well, you know, there's a town in Dakota, but those folks, everybody there, they had a gun, and there hasn't been a, any kind of gun. Stop it. We don't have time anymore. Okay? We don't have time for you to make up your facts. We don't have time to deal with your fears. We've created something that the entire world looks at and doesn't understand at all. And does that make a difference? Yeah. Because, and I've repeated this a thousand times. Okay? When everybody's watching and everybody thinks you're nuts, there's a good chance you're fucking nuts. Yeah, but they don't speak our language. I'm shut up. Wow. God, it's just too much. It's the, uh, the Second Amendment, boy, you treat it like the Bible. It's holier than the Bible to many of you. You know? And if you, you want to, you know, I didn't put it on Twitter, but, it, you know, because of the, I didn't want a little one more two word answer. If you want to write back to the, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, and say that I'm wrong about this, I'll read the rant. I've read them before. But don't make shit up. All right. Don't make shit up. The Second Amendment, it was written, it was written way, way the fuck back then, just like the Bible. The Bible way the fuck, you know, and the Bible's way, 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 way back, okay? All right, and times have changed, all right? I, I, I think that even George Washington, if he is, you know, started firing an AK-47, those wooden teeth would have popped right out of his head. I know that for a fact, I've shot uh, one of those, whatever the rifle, whatever that fucking piece of military uh, fucking weaponry was that, fires round after round after round. I can't think of the name of it because it was only in my hands for about 30 seconds because it was, I couldn't control it at all. Not at all. Boy, I have a profound uh, respect for the military and the, who can handle that and carry that weapon. 
and I have no respect um, for for people who think that that's something that's a necessity to have in your closet. Okay, what's next? A howitzer? Why not have you know? Why not get a yard so it's big enough so you can have a, you know a stealth bomber back there too? God, no one's taking away your guns. No one. Stop that. I've, I've been saying this on stage for 15 years. It's had no effect. <laughs> you know, if that wasn't enough, the, the, the great state of Georgia, which was very upset, at least the Republican, uh, the Republican, uh, you know, House uh, of Representatives, their uh, governing body voted this week to pass uh, 90 pages of a new voting law that just, you know, puts, you know, makes it once again, we're going back. Stop it. You lost. It's too bad. You can't continue to try to make the rules so you can win. All right? You can't just continue to try to undermine the vote for people of color. Stop it already. We can't keep going through this. It's exhausting. The good people of Georgia who continue to have to fight this fight over and over and over again. My hat is off to them. To all the folks from, you know, there in Mississippi and Alabama, just continue, and all of the other states that are now trying to pull this shit. You know, stop it. We didn't come into this, this century, this 21st century, so you could go back to 1950 fucking six, or 66, or 68. People have the right to vote. And all the bullshit you want to pull, uh, you can continue to try to pull it and make our lives miserable because you think there's no better playing field than the one you win on. I'm just surprised you're not saying, well, you know, we should be, be, be shooting these voters. Was that next? You're not giving them food and water in line. I just just have the common sense to try, you know, a couple of rules. Ninety pages. It took ninety pages of rules. All right. So something's fucking wrong. You don't say don't give food or water. Once you do that, you fucking. Why don't you have a sign that just says, "Hey, I'm really a fucking dick and an asshole, and I'll do anything to keep power." Because. I got, I got the heart and the soul of a banana boat dictator. Get a grip. Fucking unbelievable. Food and water so that somebody, you know, food or drink. Nobody's talking about bringing alcohol or beers to them. It's fucking, if they're going to be outside waiting to vote online, um, then they should be, have access to food, and they should have access to water. And it's that fucking simple. It's just cruel on your part and stupid and venal. I I can't even find enough adjectives. You could have done it subtly. You got no sense of subtlety. And and then, you know, it's like, and you signed it underneath. I mean, and, and most of you know this, but it bears repeating. They signed it underneath a painting of what had been a, 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 a southern plantation where, where, where people had been slaves. And what the, 
painting is doing up there is beyond my belief. That I don't understand. They sign it under that. What, what is the matter with you? We have to be subjected to that. And then a, a woman who's also in your house, in one of your representatives, a black woman, knocks on the door and is arrested and taken away and put in handcuffs? What is the fucking wrong? What is wrong with you? But on the upside, I had dental surgery this week. Initially, I thought you could say it was a metaphor, but it's not. It's better to have dental surgery than to have to put up with uh, the madness of people who, uh, who want to limit other people's right to vote and um, want to make it possible for anybody, uh, no matter what their presence of mind, to buy a gun. You're better off just had, you know, a day of dental surgery. It's like a day at the beach, really, in comparison. Especially if you get nitrous, which is one of my favorite things in the whole world. And if you don't know about nitrous and have not tried nitrous, and you have trouble when you go to the dentist, say, I need nitrous, I need it now. And I guarantee it, it's, uh, it will um, it'll give you that kind of step back from it all that you really need so that you kind of go, oh, wow, that's happening to someone else. That person used to be me, but I'm not going to deal with that because that can't possibly be my mouth because I'm somewhere else. I'm in a cloud enjoying myself. They're not that fucking, you know, iCloud shit, a, re a real cloud with all sorts of things happening. Little, you know, everything, and every size. It's a fucking wonderful thing, too, about nitrous. I've been told, and I believe it's true, is, is that I've experimented, so I do know it's true. It gets rid of a hangover. Can't be the drug that does that. Can't be the drug that gets rid of a hangover. Some big news this week. It's uh, it's been tough uh, for uh, my plays to be done, as everybody knows. You know, performances have been shut down. But I got from my playwriting agent word that a, a uh, the Jagridi. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but uh, I think so. The Jagridi Theater in Bengaluru, India is producing One Slight Hitch. This is uh, monumental. It really made me feel great. The play has never made it to Broadway. We came close. We got to the George Street Playhouse, and they did a, a wonderful job with it. And that was only, that was 50 minutes from Broadway. It had a great review in the New York Times. <laughs> Jersey edition. And as much as I've always wanted to have been done on Broadway, I, am, I have to say I was ecstatic. And I'm not kidding to think that folks in India wanted to do it. There was a theater there that wanted to do it. It opens April 2nd. For those of you who happen to be in Bangalore, I think it, it's pronounced. Uh, if you're near the Jagridi Theater, you might want to go there. I'll try to get you a comp. Uh, it's going to be tight, though. It's, it's a 200-seat theater, but due to COVID restrictions, only 25 people will be able to see the performance. I'm, I'm, I'm going to write them. I'm hoping they'll do it again. They can do it for free, as far as I'm concerned. Just the fact that to, to reach another culture is exceptional. I, I wish I could go. <laughs> I wish I could see it. 
I'm happy enough just to know it'll be happening. One slight hitch. Seven in the cast, 25 in the audience. People are always asking me, you know, when I'm doing some of these interviews or questions that I get, um, gee, what would you do if you hadn't become a comic or uh, gone into theater? What would, I would have, what would you have done? And I always said I'd be a teacher, which is really what I was headed to do if I was going to do theater, because it was the way in which I thought I could support myself and continue to work in theater and write and stuff and do it on a, a college campus somewhere. And uh, But then my friend Kathleen Madigan, knowing, knowing me all too well, sent me something. And I think um, if I'd known this job was out there, Ooh, this is something, and it's and it is out there now. And maybe, maybe this is when I take that turn and go. You know, enough, enough of trying to make jokes out of things that, that I made jokes. How many times can you top the joke? Because nothing changes. These fuckers continue to try to find other ways to to fuck with us, and then I have to find a way to make that fucking with us funny. Well, what if I chose to do what? Kathleen uh, sent along, and that's that there's a California wine company. I won't tell you the name because I'm going after this. They're looking for a candidate to join its team in Sonoma Wine Country. The offer includes $10,000 a month salary and living rent-free. Uh, you get to work with the master winemaker, who apparently has a great sense of humor. Pressure's off me. They decided that the, the three friends decided that uh, uh, they built this winery and uh, they built it around the concept of don't take life so seriously. Sounds all of this works for me. And uh, on the application, it says looking for a change in your career and to pursue your passion. The words like Cabernet, Rosé and Chardonnay just roll off your tongue. You just heard them roll off my tongue. <laughs> Tell us why you want this job, and I will. Uh, and I can submit a, a video resume and why it's my dream gig, because it's really time to move on. And maybe they could use a celebrity wine person. <laughs> They'll be about, the applicants will be evaluated on role value. Pretty good creativity. I got that. Design, I don't know. Uh, applicable experience and skill set. Role value, creativity, and design, applicable experience and skill set. Sounds good to me. Sounds very good to me. I'd like to thank Kathleen for that before we get on to the, uh, the road. Two pieces here that show that we really know how to, uh, to show the world on a regular basis and each other that uh, dumb is the coin of the realm. Alabama's House of Representatives has voted to relax the state's ban on yoga in schools. Hey, you hear that? <laughs> Even the rubber chicken is happy. And uh, they, this is instituted because uh, the ban was instituted because Christians, of course, not Jews, Christians, saw it as Hindu religious practice, yoga. I wonder what they thought yogurt was. Democratic Representative Jeremy Gray, he persuaded the Republican colleagues, uh, that must have been exhausting, that the practice of stretching and breathing has health benefits. 
It's unbelievable. A lot of their wives actually do yoga. He said, students and teachers will, however, still be forbidden from using the Hindu greeting namaste, because that would really undermine uh, the whole state, really, if, if, if kids were to say that, say namaste to each other and teachers, wow, especially after doing some yoga. Well, I'm glad to see yoga's made inroads there and that they now understand that it's a Hindu religious practice. And finally, too, the, um, the lawyer, Sidney Powell, you remember her, She's the one that was brought on board with uh, that, the other genius, uh, Rudy Giuliani, um, to basically kind of prove that the, the election had been stolen from the leader. They were yelling and screaming about the, the voting systems, the Dominion voting system. Uh, and she was so crazy, so crazy, that even Giuliani and the leaders uh, fired her. That's how crazy, imagine, imagine how crazy she was. Well, this is really how crazy she is. It, it, she went a step further when she argued that uh, the Dominion voting system's $1.3 billion defamation lawsuit against her should be dismissed because no reasonable person could believe her claims about rigged voting were truly statements of fact. That's, that's the kind of statement that your breath gets stolen. And the left-hand side of your brain looks at the right-hand side of your brain and, and goes, what? Can you handle this? The left-hand side pushes it to the right-hand side. The right-hand side pushes it back, and it just goes back and forth. Because no side of the brain can handle it. Wow. You're getting out of it because... <laughs> you, because you lied, that's unbelievable. And everybody should have known that you lied. You're a lawyer. Who gave her a law degree? Huh? Some of these places that ended up giving law degrees to some of these people should be put on a suspension for a, for a year. Or, or the people who are in school uh, for the next three years to get their degree should be able to go to school for free. Uh, it's amazing what $1.3 billion will do to your brain. If you're sued for $1.3 billion, you just, you, well, the levels at which you'll go to make shit up. So we're hitting the road again this week. Yes, Siri Bob, rolling down to Mount Pleasant, Michigan. We went there on Friday, January 31st of 2020. And we were performing at the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a, a terrific casino that we played at a lot. It's in, uh, it's owned and operated by the Saginaw Chippewa Tribal Nation, uh, and uh, former bingo hall, of course, converted into a concert venue. Uh, and it was really great. It's always great to play that. I played it on a number of occasions, and I always make the joke they should call it Spread Eagle. Ah, ah boy, that's a knee slapper. I did actually I, for a while. I was calling it Spread Eagle <laughs> by accident. I, when I talked to the guys on the bus, I said, "Well, we're going to Spread Eagle." I mean, that's that's how that's how good my brain is. 
you know? <laughs> and I thought I'd share that, share, make it into a joke, share with the audience. Knocked him out, knocked him out of the park. I wish you were there. Some of you may have been. But it was truly great to perform there, as always. Uh, it's always good to be in Michigan. I love playing out there. I look forward to going back there. I look forward to going back to, to all those spaces at some point down the road. I don't know if I'll be funny anymore. We'll have to see, because I haven't a clue after a year. And, uh, and my brain, you know, of, being, uh, of going after itself and the left-hand side and the right-hand side playing handball, who knows? But uh, I just want to, I think you're going to enjoy the rants that you'll be hearing from the folks at Spread Eagle. Whoa, he did it again. Now, the folks at the Soaring Eagle Casino Resort, they were very, very good, as were the, some really great rants, of course, that rolled in again this week. I can't tell you how much I appreciate them. Remember to say like, wherever you have to say like, say like, because they told me to tell you to say like, and somehow that'll help us all get something of some sort. It'll help. I don't know how. Mostly, I appreciate you listening, sending in those rants, and spending time with me. I hope you have a good week ahead. I hope that idiots don't rattle your cage and that uh, all goes well. And that uh, you get a vaccination and you can hug somebody you love. Take care. Yeah, I did say that. Yes, that's how broken I am. <laughs> you can hug somebody you love. Well, that's, that's what this has done to me. It's made a kinder and gentler Lou. That's how come I'm not sure I'll be funny. But I'll be there. Take care. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is a quick little rant from uh, Alan Minch. A rant and a bit of a criticism. You know, we're, we'll take it. Hello, Lewis. I love the rant, but here I go. The commercials are too fucking loud. Compared to the rest of the rant cast, the commercials come on like someone is landing a fucking jet in my car. All my best to you, and I'm always glad to hear mom is doing well. Much love from the Garden State, where no one likes us, and we don't like them either. Alan Minch. Thanks, Alan. It may be me. I'm doing uh, my own recording here. 
And so it just might be at my end. I will try to rectify that. I will let the powers that be know. Uh, As you well know, when you watch TV, uh, if you watch it, when a commercial comes on, it always gets louder. That's part of the deal. I don't think it needs to be that way with us. And uh, so I'll find out. Thanks for letting us know. Because if it's pissing you off, uh, there's a bunch of people in line behind you. This came to us from Jim Grinstead. Before I begin my rant, I want to tell you that, that the one thing I like most about the Rantcast is that we hear from you as a person and not just the character. Well, that's, uh, I, I read that really because I, I, I appreciate that. I, I really wasn't sure if, how folks feel about it. I'm still not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I kind of have that character there for a reason, uh, because he's funny. And uh, even though there's a bit of me that's funny, uh, when it's just me, it's I don't think it is as funny, uh, Jim. And, and that's the thing you like the most. So maybe I won't read your rant. <laughs> you know, I'll just be me for a while. No, this is from, this is Jim's rant. I needed to replace the power cord for my computer. So I looked on the transformer to get the specs. Whoever the sick fucker is that came up with the idea of putting black letters on a black background should have to stick a blender into each eye with the speed set to liquefy because that's how my eyes felt after attempting to read it. I tried holding a flashlight over it. I tried a magnifying glass. I was beginning to think I'd need to beg the bank for a fourth mortgage on my house to buy a fucking electron microscope which does sound ridiculous until I found that every plastic item in my house had the same goddamn problem. One sick motherfucker was kind enough to print the information on a silver sticker and then to demonstrate his depravity, dropped the font size into negative numbers and wrote it into Chinese. God damn it! Can't these fucking morons who must have ball jars for eyeglasses spare a penny or two for white ink? This isn't rocket scientists, but there's a reason NASA has a fucking electron microscope. I think the plastic manufacturers are in cahoots with the optical industry. This unholy scheme makes money for everyone. The plastic companies get money for blinding people. Then the optometrists go to work examining every corner of a rounded eyeball, only to give you a prescription for glasses that require a $200 plastic frame. Oh, you'd like the contacts too? Well, then you get to meet a nice person who slaps a ruler on your nose and tells you the prescription is only good for the brand of lenses sold in the store. No substitutions allowed. Fuck, 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 fuck. But they're not done with you yet. Well, they've got your pants down. They give you an ice water animal by setting a one-year expiration date on the prescription because you might not think to come back when you begin walking into walls. And if you want to refill your perfectly legal prescription before it expires, they refuse to do so until after your next appointment and what time Tuesday works best for you. So now you must choose between walking around with a pair of old, crusty contacts or buying a fresh bottle of lube because you know what's coming next. There will be none so blind as those who will not pay. I'd like to thank you, Jim instead, from Nashville, Tennessee, where my pal Kathleen Madigan now resides. Thank you for that. My uh, uncle was an optometrist. That helped a lot. 
that saved a lot of money. I think that's how I got through college was I didn't have to pay for glasses because I was wearing them since I was like 11. Ooh. Beth Dubelde or Dubeld would like to share this with us. Greeting Lewis and listeners. I made a radical change recently. After 13 years of working in the childcare industry, ages birth to age five, November 30th, 2020, I went to work in a hospital in the food service department, serving patients each meal. Let me tell you why I left the childcare industry. I love children. I love teaching children. But, and there is a big but, parents and childcare center management snuffed out my passion for teaching and caring for the youngest within our community. Shit pay, helicopter parenting, and poor working conditions within childcare centers. I love my new job. I'm often the only non-medical person a patient sees throughout the day. They are lonely, sad, and miss having visitors. Oh, and guess what? I make a living wage. Oh, so next time you or your family members in the hospital, be nice to the food service workers. Don't be a dick, okay? Because after all, we are the people that handle your food. All right, Beth. Words to live by. <laughs> this comes to us from Marie in Wisconsin. That moment when your future mother-in-law hints that she wants to be invited to your bachelorette party, insert horror, shock, petrified face, I pretend not to hear because I'm in the backseat of the car. And then my fiance chimes in with, did you hear ma? Internally, I'm going, fuck, 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 they fucked a fuck. No, I didn't. Sorry, it's it's so loud. <laughs> she proceeds to repeat herself. Insert facepalm. I respond very kindly. Well, I know it will be late at night and we'll be running around a lot. I know you go to bed early. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. Well, if you guys do something earlier. Okay. Fuck my life. I love the woman, but let me have one part that I don't have to share with her for Christ's fucking sake. That is all the joys of wedding planning and setting boundaries with parents only 30 minutes away. Well, good luck. I hope that all works out. And I'm sure that there will be many more boundaries that you'll have to be setting as uh, things roll on. Uh, the best to you, <laughs> Marie. And I hope you had a lovely bachelorette party. San's mother-in-law. <laughs> I rarely get to use San's. Bruce Crum now needed to get this off his chest. Thank you for allowing me to vent on a subject that, while it probably won't kill me, is nevertheless annoying as fuck. They'll probably find out that those are the things that do kill us. It was the little things. Annoying as fuck. That's what got to him. And I'm talking about, Bruce goes on, all the stupid bullshit one encounters in parking lots. First of all, while I realized that there need to be handicapped parking spaces, some stores go beyond the sensible. Making the first six spaces of every single lane handicapped. Is, it, is this necessary? 
I've never walked into the store and seen 120 people in wheelchairs rolling around getting their bread, milk, and tampons. I wind up parking so far away that I have five o'clock shadow by the time I hit the front door. Then there's the idiocy of some thimble dick in a pickup with an extended cab, long bed, and oversized tires trying to maneuver this arc on wheels into a spot. He goes in, then out, then in, then out, then in. I feel like saying, hey, buddy, are you trying to park in that space or make it have an orgasm? So I get my groceries, check out, and I take my purchases to my car. And then, because I'm nice, I take my cart to the cart corral, which is divided up into two lanes, one for big carts, one for small carts. You know, it's depressing to see how many people in this world don't know the difference between big and small. Well, let's see, there's 10 carts in there that look like that. Mine doesn't. I guess I'll put it in there with the rest of them. So finally, I go to leave and I encounter the biggest pain in the ass of this whole experience. I call them slant walkers. They walk in the lane of a parking lot and instead of going across and up or up and across, they decide to take the scenic route and walk diagonally, slowly, very slowly. Hey pal, you might not have anywhere to be in a hurry, but I do. I have to get this shit back home before my ice cream melts, and I have to come back. Oh, thank you. I feel better already. So do I, Bruce. Here is an epic rant from Michelle Lavelle. I worked as a mental health therapist for many years, most of them in psychiatric units with children and sometimes adults. In case people don't know, it's not easy to get admitted to a psych ward. You don't just walk in and say you're suicidal and bam, you get a bed. You have to have done some pretty serious shit like, oh, taking every medication in your bathroom medicine cabinet or slipped both your wrists and gone for a long walk down a dark road or texted your family goodbye right before hanging yourself in the garage or become convinced you were simultaneously Jesus Christ and having your heart removed via open heart surgery any minute or assaulted someone in your family or community because the voices in your head told you to. I wanted to be sure I got that right because that's, that's beyond a trifecta. It's not an easy place to get in. Psych wards are the Ivy League of mental health placements. There were many great things about my job, Lewis. I mean, seriously. The resilience these kids and families demonstrated, the grace and dignity during some of the worst soul-crushing times in their lives was humbling, inspiring, heartbreaking. My coworkers and I took this job because we thought we could help people. The pay is good, but not great. The work conditions are very difficult. It's a dangerous job. You're dealing with people who are potentially violent, delusional, angry, or confused. You're locked on a unit for eight or 12 or 16 hours, which is often underfunded. Unlike the beautiful profit-generating cancer centers and understaffed, you're making decisions every day that directly affect the health and well-being of children or adults. And you're trying to use what you've learned, what you know, to help people become healthier and happier and to want to stay alive. 
Christ, it's a big fucking deal. Here's the thing. We were surrounded by these kids every day, eating meals, doing craft projects, playing games, doing therapy. There were hundreds, thousands of times. I was hit, kicked, pinched, smacked in the face with a toy, had a carton of milk bounce off my head, gone to the uh, ED for a, for a, uh, a tetanus shot because some kid in a Pokemon outfit bit the shit out of me. I've had trays of food dumped on me. I've been called a two-balled bitch, not accurate, a whore, eh, debatable, a dyke, yep, <laughs> and every other name under the sun. I've helped wrestle 200-pound boys to the ground and helped put them into restraints too many times to count. I've dug glass out of a kid's mouth while they were in restraints so they wouldn't swallow it and hurt themselves. I've restrained two kids at a time. Yes, it's possible. Had piss and shit thrown at me. Sweated like I was in a sauna with eight other people as we struggled to get restraints on a naked kid who was trying to kill us. Too many times to count, Lewis. You know what I never did? I never pulled a gun on anyone. I've never shot a kid or an adult who was trying to kill themselves or me. You know why? Because we didn't have fucking guns. All of us, all of us, whether we were right out of college or 70 years old, male, female, or anything in between, had to rely on our decision-making skills and our training to defuse and de-escalate the situation daily. We took a class once a year to learn techniques to safely manage people in these situations so that they and we didn't get hurt. To first to try to talk to them, to calm them down, and if that didn't work, to physically restrain them in a safe way. If we needed more backup, and we often did, we could call on our excellent security team, who would immediately come to the unit and help. You don't know how many times they saved my ass. But you know what? They didn't have guns either. What the fuck? None of us ever whipped out a gun and shot anyone, even when, I would argue, we were in severe physical danger, extremely pissed off, frustrated, understaffed, or terrified. Terrified. So why don't we expect the same of the police officers we hire to help to keep our communities safe? I watch these videos of officers jumping into situations with what appears to be no real plan or no plan B, and then when it goes to shit, they just start shooting. They grab someone by the shirt, and when he breaks away, they shoot. They tell someone to freeze, and if he doesn't, they shoot. Seriously? If we'd done this where I work, the place would be littered with dead bodies every damn day. I chose to do this job, just like police officers choose theirs. No one forced me, and no one forced them either. It just seems that one of the many things that's missing is the expectations that they won't use force as a first response, that they'll be trained in how to deal with people without drawing their weapon. Is this too much to expect? I don't fucking think it is. If they have this training and just don't use it, why the fuck is this acceptable? If I'd hurt a kid, even if I felt my life was in danger, I wouldn't have a job by the end of the day. Why do we accept this?
I can't wrap my head around it. I know a lot of people will say, oh, you don't know how dangerous it is to be a cop on the street, or you don't know what it's like to not know if you're going to make it home at night. You know what? Fuck you. If you're so terrified in the course of doing your job that you can't make good decisions and can't be trusted not to kill people, you were hired to protect, then go get a different job. Home Depot's always hiring. Thanks, Lewis. I've been thinking about this for a long time. Michelle Lovell. Oh, it rhymes with shovel. Well, Michelle Lovell, it's terrific you shared that with us. Thank you. What I learned from all this is, is immeasurable. And what I just learned from what you had to say was pretty remarkable. And thank you for, for doing what you did. I have a friend who uh, you know, works with kids now. She's, she's moved from what you were doing through the ranks. And she said that uh, she's now become, she works on the, uh, you know, in the, the bureaucratic end at this point. And she said that working with the kids and stuff was easier than working uh, with the, the government uh, that she has to deal with in order to be able to deal with the kids. So thank you again, Michelle Lovell, rhyming with shovel. Here's a rant from Craig Shiflett. I'm sorry this isn't a funny rant. They all don't have to be funny. And if you've got anything else out there that you want to go off on, or if there's a story you want to tell or someone you want to talk about, they don't have to be rants. I love reading what you guys are writing. So uh, funny, not funny. I'll try to mix it up, though, because the funny is important. <laughs> if you got to get something off your chest, sometimes it ain't funny. I really don't care if you read this on the podcast or not. I just need to get it out, this out to someone. Well, am I, am I reading it, Craig? <laughs> you, I read it. I'm going to read it anyway. You know why, Craig? Because you need to get this off your chest. And so do I, even though my chest doesn't need to get this off its chest. <laughs> all right, I'll shut up. I am a father of two girls. I knew all along the obstacles they'll face in a man's world. My wife has been dealing with the good old boys club her whole career and suffered what sadly, seems to be the typical and bias and harassment that comes with it. I have hope, since we now have Vice President Harris in office, that maybe, maybe we will see a change. I won the birth lottery. I was born a white man in America. I firmly believe we would be a better society with women in charge. On top of being female, my daughters are also Chinese. Now, they not only have to deal with sexual harassment from creeps of all ages, they have to deal with people who hate them for their ancestry. Ugh. The day after the murders in Atlanta by the Christian terrorist, if they can say Muslim terrorist, I can say Christian terrorist. My youngest daughter was shopping with her best friend when a man a few years older started trying to pick them up. They ignored him which enraged him, and he began shouting at the two girls trying to shop for clothing. Fortunately, he ended up leaving them alone, and my daughter was cautious going to her car and coming home. How sad is that statement? Cautious going to her car. I'm at a loss, and I really feel like giving up on people. I hope the people that say our reality is a computer simulation are correct, and they shut it down. 
Maybe I'll come up with a few million, buy an island where no one lives, and stare at the sea with my family for the rest of my days. Thank you for patronizing my note. I did not patronize your note. It was an important. It was more than a note. It needed to be said. And I will come back to Green Bay, especially, hopefully, when it's a little, little warmer. I need, to, I need to see the sun for a while. Thank you, Craig. Don't ever underestimate the power of your, your words. I hope we straighten this thing out with uh, this whole insanity of uh, people who are different and that somehow you need to be white. Oh, boy. Travis Blyer sent this along. I might stumble through it a little because I think he kind of uh, may have read it into his phone. I think it's worth the uh, giving it a shot. Okay, here we go. Lewis, I'm a truck driver and have been for uh, about 15 years. I think I lost my sanity about the same time as smartphones for stupid motherfuckers came out. Okay, so my truck uh, weighs about 80,000 pounds and it takes the distance of a football field to stop a truck or something really solid, not a fuckwit in a smart car, okay? So we're all going 70 miles an hour, at least I am, because my truck is governed for safety. And I get passed by a smart car going about 72 on cruise control, and they're on their smartphone, okay, looking at face fucking book. That dumbass looks up and around from the phone and cuts in front of me. Hello, little big car, big truck here. Six inches is not a football field, so move your fucking damn ass like now. Almost at the same time as that is happening, a pickup has gotten on the left side of me, and a van is on my right, and we're at four lanes of traffic. Now, the person in the pickup, uh, let's say known as stupid fuckhead, decided that fuckhead wants to be in the right lane. He's got his blinker on, but hey, look, fuckhead, there's a big truck right where you want to be. I can't go faster. I'm governed. I can't go to the right van there and can't break because there's a car behind me on their Facebook on cruise control, but that's okay because fuckhead in the pickup is so smart, they'll make that big truck move over by crowding the big truck and hollering at it with your window up and blowing your horn. Oh, yes. And the driver on the van on the right seems to be upset with me, too. He's trying to do what, uh, what appears to be uh, looks like a bomb. Like, holy motherfucking hell. With fuckwit in front giving me the finger and brake testing and fuckhead on the left trying to slam into me and giving me the finger and the van on the right giving me the finger and all over the road and a lot of traffic behind me. What the fucking hell? Where do they let do these, do these people drive BMW, stupid ass RS, where, where, where you never miss, huh? You never miss a, a fucking Facebook message? I'm giving you the credit, Travis, that you were so fucking pissed that you just, blocks of words couldn't get to, you, you had to just let them go into the night. To just get to that, never miss a Facebook message. So I say to myself, self, you can't be the only sane one here. What can I do with these stupid fuckers? So this is what I did. I started to smile as big as I can and wave at all of them, like an excited five-year-old that hadn't seen his best friend in a long time. It worked this time. What do you do when you're surrounded by crazy fucking fuckwits? This uh, rant comes to us 
<laughs> with information for me that I needed to know, David. David Nance has sent this along. I didn't know this. I don't shop, as I've said. As you might know by now, with the news being a couple of days old, Pillsbury is now offering their lovely cinnamon buns with bits of cinnamon toast crunch in the swirls. Now, our country's already battling psychosis as never before seen. And this is the last thing we need. We cannot handle such an abomination right now, Mr. Poppin' Fresh. Why unleash this hell on us at this juncture? For God's sake, why would you ruin such a wholesome treat? The whole point of a cinnamon bun is that it needs nothing else. You want some crunch? Why not bacon? Hell, sprinkle on some bacon bits if you need to. At least that makes fucking sense, but I don't need that much crunch in my cinnamon bun. God damn it. It's just adding napalm to this already raging fire of my soul to comprehend such a thing exists, let alone why. Oh, and guess what, Lou? Hmm? Also in the news, they just found out, adding to my whole fucking point, is that they found in a box of cinnamon toast crunch... Shrimp tails! <laughs> I don't need that much crunch in my life! <laughs> Thank you, David. I hope you can find your uh, cinnamon rolls without the, without the crunch. They've got to be selling them. There's got to be a, without a crunch. Done there? That'd be silly. From Paul Provost, more bitching about food <laughs> and snack treats. Circus peanuts, what the fuck? Whoever invented the circus peanut, fuck you. What the fuck is this orange piece of shit snack supposed to be? If you were aiming for a delicious amalgamation of peanuts and marshmallows, you fucking missed. Why is it shaped like a peanut? It doesn't taste like a peanut. It's an incredible hunk of hardened foam that identifies as a peanut. And why is it orange? It's not orange flavored. It's shit flavored. Color makes no sense. It's as if Mr. Peanut got a reality show, harassed some women, and became the fucking president. Oh, and if you like circus peanuts, fuck you too. I understand the kind of masochism that goes into liking black licorice. I fucking hate black licorice, but you're into self-abuse. I get it. Circus peanuts, though. I see no sane or insane reason to subject all the nerve endings in your mouth to this dry fucking Heard. In 2,000 years, archaeologists are going to be sifting through what's left of the United States. And as the ashes are falling through the sieve, what will appear but a single petrified orange circus peanut? They will look at this and say, I think I know what went wrong. Paul Provost, well put. I'd forgotten about those orange fucking peanuts. And now you reminded me, God damn it. And more about the world of food that surrounds us now from April Donjes. I gave it a shot. I'm not sure that's right. I've been stewing over this for a while now. What are we doing to food? Mainly pizza. Leave pizza alone. I don't need the crust to be a salted pretzel. Mm -mm, stop it. That shit is disgusting. And to top it off, now they want you to dip your pizza into ranch dressing. That's fucking gross. Stop it. No wonder this country is so fucking fat. Thank you, April.
And here we've got a very insightful, I think, rant from Chris Jay. Certainly something that would bring up a discussion if it was if Twitter was a longer thing and people be yelling and screaming for weeks afterwards from all sides, from everywhere. Chris Jay, thank you. I'm not bragging. I'm not boasting. I make a very good livable wage and have been very fortunate in my career. And with that said, I hope you have a few minutes to listen to my rant. And I certainly do. All day long, I hear assholes bitching and moaning about those lazy bastards in the fast food industry wanting $15 an hour. And it's supposed to be a kid's job and not a career. What the fuck? Do they think kids can work during school hours or late at night during the week? Fuck off. They get red ass because they themselves make less than $15 an hour. Do they not understand that if they join forces with the fast food industry, that they too will receive a raise? Are they really that stupid? If the minimum wage gets raised, retail workers get a raise. EMTs get a raise. Paraprofessionals get a raise. Everyone making less will get a fucking raise. Or are they pissed? that others are trying to better themselves and they lack the conviction to help or even get involved. I'm a union electrician. I hire for and negotiate contracts with my local union. I see it all the time where employers and employees can reach across the aisle and bargain a better life for both sides. It actually exists. Imagine that. If a bunch of construction workers can do it, so can everyone else. It's not fucking rocket science surgery. We are Americans. And in America, no person should be working a 40-hour work week and still be in the poverty bracket. No one. How is that helpful to our country? The pearl clutching has to stop. The partisan bullshit has to end. Earning a livable wage is not political. It used to be the American way. It has to return in order for the American experiment to be successful. We can all be successful if we all join fucking hands and sing Kumbaya instead of hating each other because he voted for a Cheeto or she voted for the oldest guy. We are in this together. And the assholes in Congress are a all against us. We can be stronger together. Hippie fucking skippy. Be Americans. Don't be assholes. Well put, Chris. Be Americans. Don't be assholes. Once again, more words to live by. This is what I would call an epic rant from Grant Gauthier. I'm taking a guess there, your last name, Grant. Always been a massive fan of yours, even when I was a kid, pretending to listen to burnt CDs of Christian music while I laughed my fucking tits off at Red, White, and Screwed. Well, that's, that's an image I will cherish, Grant. I want to express my polite Canadian experience with a couple of things. First, I've been lucky enough to be able to work myself into a very comfortable career. And when I say work, I mean fucking work. I'm a goddamn millennial, and it drives me absolutely insane to see and hear the whiny bullshit that comes out of my generation. I've listened to your rants and shake my fucking head until my goddamn eyes bleed when I hear of so-called millennials 
bitch and whine and vomit about how hard it is to find jobs and find decent, affordable places to live in this day and age. Guess what, fuckers? Every goddamn generation has struggled to find jobs or appropriate living accommodations. That's the fucking way our North American societies operate. I'm generally a pretty reserved and humble guy, believe it or not. I am Canadian, after all, but I've been trying not to rip my own nuts off from my pasty-ass pelvis after dealing with the kind of contributing members of society I'm forced to smile and nod at day in and day out. I work in the human services field. I manage an organization that supports persons with disabilities, or as we refer to them, as persons with diverse abilities. Part of my role is finding appropriate living situations where a said person can live as an adult. This involves many good people opening their homes for a decent chunk of money to allow adults with diverse abilities to live in a relatively normal and independent setting. Naturally, for the handful of kind and compassionate people we process and approve for these homes, there are a metric fucking ton of fucking idiot fucking twatty titty fuck fucks that think, hey, I want more money. Why don't I find a renter at my local renters are us? Newsflash fucknut, caregiving for someone involves a lot of paperwork. And I fucking love paperwork. So if you walk in or call me on my goddamn phone to say, hey, I don't like the renter I have at home and heard I can get paid to have someone live with me, you're lucky I don't stick my fucking cock through the receiver so you can suck it, fuckbag. These people with diverse abilities are the greatest fucking people you will ever meet in your goddamn fucking shit fuck of a life. And they're not just there so you can line your fucking pockets with extra income every month. Honestly, Lewis, I know that there are some people with diverse abilities out there who need a lot of support with a lot of different daily living tasks. But sometimes I think to myself, who the fuck will be supporting who in that house? I sure as fuck would rather work alongside persons who may need a little help because at the end of the day, who the fuck doesn't need a little help? This perceived gap between normal people and persons with diverse abilities is a societal one, not a fucking intellectual one. So many people are passed over in this buttfuck of a fucking shithole world because they're different or something's wrong with them. But I'll tell you the fuck what. These people that I have had the privilege of getting to know and have in my life offer a fuckload more to life and society than some twatty titty fuck twat driving their Mercedes or their jacked up truck bitching about how the economy is in the shitter and they can't afford their fourth fucking motorcycle or their second fucking boat. Actual conversations I've had. So fuck off, you pieces of shit who can only think about what's best for them and not see a person for who they truly are. You're the fucking problem today. Not what fucking generation is fucking things up. Last thought, and here's the kicker, jumping back to the whole millennial dilemma. I don't have a degree. 
I worked in management of human services, and I didn't fucking go to some fancy fuck school and pay a fucking arm and fucked up leg to get to where I am. I've lived in several different places, places I could afford to live and work because there are jobs in places that don't cost a fucking fortune to live in. I started at the absolute bottom of the food chain, doing the shit no one else wants to do and working the front line with people with diverse abilities and addictions. I worked my fucking ass to my nutsack to get to where I am. Fucking put your nose to the grindstone, okay? Grab your nuts and go make shit happen. Don't fucking gossip. Don't make life difficult for your boss. If you see something that's not right, go and fucking fix it yourself. I've been fucking kicked in the teeth at times. I'm on antidepressants and anxiety meds. I struggle to sleep at night. But I know that bitching and complaining about how this world isn't fair means about as much to the person you're whining to as it would mean to you if they were the ones bitching. When we all work together, shit happens. Fucking figure it out. Thanks for letting it rip, Grant. I'm glad you were able to get it off your chest. Hopefully they hear you out there. Wish the right people would hear you. Maybe they will. Maybe it'll get through the ether. A rant from Raymond. Today I turned 41. Yeah, everything past early 20s is a shit show, but I figured, fuck it, make the most of it. I went to my parents' house at 7.17 a.m. after two days of no sleep to help when my stepfather picked up food subsidies for their household and mine. After spending time with them, I spoiled my cats and then went back to their house where we watched the cheesy on-demand Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. As I was finishing a fish stick and starting on cauliflower with cheese, you get a fucking tornado warning. So I dumped my leftovers in a bowl, grabbed the chocolate cupcakes my mom made for my birthday, and we hop in our respective vehicles to go to my house to ride out a tornado. After I went to the store, and three hours later, while listening to the first Pinehurst rant, another fucking tornado! Warmest regards, Raymond. P.S. Fuck these diploma mills that run over people that are poor and disabled and either keep them out or run the fuck over their rights. Yeah, I know. I am crazy, broken down, and poor. You don't have to remind me I'm crazy because other than 25 ye fucking years of documentation, I am still so fucking delusional is to think that graduate school isn't a waste of time and that someday I might be taken seriously and be able to help people while continuously having to give documentation to the federal fucking government of civil rights violations at these fucking schools. I can't get into a decent school because of my age and poverty. Also, fuck chocolate cupcakes. Just because I want another one and I'm shit out of luck. Raymond, um, I don't know if happy birthday is really what you say at this point. Whew. That is 
That's a birthday and a half, Raymond. I wish someone would let you get into that uh, school, whatever the fucking that school is. Jake Gardner is sharing this rant um, that was uh, written by someone else. It's a, a rant once removed. He's discovered it somewhere. And you'll find out right now, just recently. I was looking up stories about McDonald's play places, and I stumbled upon this very interesting piece that I think you would enjoy. McDickhole's employee here, no play place at my location, but I'm going to vent about mostly irrelevant things so you all have some insight about working fast food. Lunch rush, eight-hour shift, hungover as fuck, working the register. People ordering Happy Meal, not specifying which Happy Meal, just fucking saying a Happy Meal. Me. Which Happy Meal would you like? Parent bends down to their child to ask. Child mumbles, hides head in shame. Meanwhile, the line is growing longer and the customer is more disgruntled. A bead of sweat begins to form on my brow as the mother tells her child to tell me which meal. An eternity elapses before mere infant utters its first incomprehensible words. I'm, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? Once again, child whispers something in Gaelic. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't quite get that. Small baby babbles. Parent will not qualify. Time to guess. Orders a large sweet tea, three McDoubles and a large fry. She's watching her weight, so she asks for no salt on the fries. Sees no irony in this. We have to make a whole new batch of fries for this request. She stops talking. Will that be all for you? She says yes, but what she meant to say was no, because she continues to order more food almost as soon as I press the pay now button on the register. Orders more lard. All right. Will that be for here or to go? Uh, she looks to the child, gazes toward the dining room, looks up for something, anything. She, she just wants a sign. She says, uh, for, uh, go. My brain has now melted. Blood trickles out of my ear. There is no for go button on my register. So I make a guess once again. I know there's no way I've gotten this order correct. I accept defeat. All right, that'll be $23.67. The woman's face drops. The room is absolutely silent, except for the racing beat of my heart. I, I thought sweet teas were a dollar. They used to be a dollar all over the country. Her rage is building as I stutter. They, 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 they used to be, but now they're, they're $1.19. That extra 19 cents is blood money in this business. Nostrils flare a pissed off sigh. She wants me to change the price, even though I am clearly a minimum wage employee, not the CEO of McDonald's. You people are robbing us blind. Woman has mistaken me for a commissioned salesperson instead of a cashier. She now proceeds to go through the price of every item she ordered, only to find that, yes, indeed, our, our register is capable of simple uh, addition. She hands me 
23 ones and a bucket of change that somehow only amounts to 65 cents. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I still need two more cents. Rolls her eyes, but forks it over. All right, your order will be 267. The order has taken all but two, maybe three minutes tops, but by now, the once orderly line has turned into an impatient lynch mob. They feel hunger, not for McChickens or those precious McNuggets, but for blood. I, on the other hand, thirst for liberation. My lips manage to bend awkwardly into a smile as I say, I can help whoever's next. A large man walks over and O Fortuna begins playing. Are you guys still serving breakfast? It is 2 p.m. Oh, all right then. I'll just have a shamrock shake. It is December. Thank you, Jake. That should be an addendum to when Congress has their hearings on, you know, why we might want to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Just, just for that alone, that should be testimony. It is December. Thank you, Jake. And thank you, McDick Hole's employee. <laughs> Coming to you live tonight from the Soaring Eagle Casino. And um, one, thing, one thing I've noticed coming here is, is that uh, the last time I was here, uh, it was smaller. It's grown in size in part from the contribution I left the last time. <laughs> and I think important to note uh, that we have, um, I believe, found a way to build our infrastructure. Because this fucking place has gone, this, every casino I go to, I leave and then I come back and go, fuck yeah, in another tower, son of a bitch. <laughs> and we can't fix our roads. <laughs> so what we ought to do, what we really ought to do is, uh, is just uh, set up a place and you go uh, and have s slot machines that are just for roads. <laughs> and you go in and it should be, Seriously, especially toll roads. There should be a place you pull off to the side and you fucking just start playing. <laughs> and you lose that money and then you come back a year later and go, fuck, look, they fixed everything. <laughs> um, I just want to point out, I, I rarely do this, but my friend Dan Ballard is here tonight. Uh, really, uh, one, of my, uh, one of my favorite... A good friend and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a comic that I uh, spend a lot of time with, and, uh, and I rarely get to tell this. I've told this story time and again, and if I don't tell it, then I have to listen to him tell it, and I'd rather just tell it. But uh, when I was, uh, people have always said, how, how, did it, how did you find your voice? And uh, one of the main reasons I found my voice was Dan was working at a club with me in, that I had in New York City. And Dan uh, came up to me after I did my set, and he said, you know, you fucking idiot. He said, I, I do happy stuff, and I'm yelling and screaming at the audience at the top of my lungs. I'm screaming about shit, and I'm not angry. You're actually angry, and you're not screaming. 
you go on the stage and you fucking yell everything that's coming out of your mouth. And I did. And once I did that, fuck, fuck, here I am. <laughs> it was huge. It really was, because what I was doing was sitting on my anger. So I was being angry, but not expressing it. And that is really fucking creepy. You know that, where you just, God, you know, <clears throat> that kind of thing. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for me, and it wasn't fun for the crowd. So I, once again, thank you, Dan. Um, they fixed all of the towers. They've done everything. One of the problems we had this evening in terms of getting your input here tonight, uh, some of you got some stuff in. The, uh, the Internet here is inside the, is shitty. Yeah. So, so I apologize for that. Um, but I'm sure uh, after you, you know, play tonight, the Internet's going to be fucking spectacular tomorrow. It'll be 9G or whatever the fuck it is. This came in earlier. This is from Barb Snyder. I hate fake-ass people. Just be yourself. Fucking nobody likes you anyway. See you at Soaring Eagle Casino. That's, that's my fan base. Nobody likes you anyway. Kathy Matthews. My fucking mom is making me write this damn thing down. She thinks I'm witty, but I'm actually pretty fucking dumb. The only thing was dumb was for you to write this down. You're not dumb. Don't, don't do that to yourself. Your mother forced you to do it, and she should give you something for that. So she, your mother owes you money. Okay? And you be sure she pays up. This is uh, Amy Slepper. Movie theater here in Mount Pleasant costs an obscene amount. Just two people with a medium popcorn to share. Two medium drinks is $50. Who can afford that? And forget it if you have a family. You need a small loan to pull that shit off. We need affordable entertainment, like me. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, and then you buy the drink, which is $92. But, but it's, it's bullshit that they're charging that kind of money to go to the movie. The fucking thing is so fucking out of control. And then there's not that much shit worth seeing, unless you go to see something fucking gigantic. And, you know, that's it. You know, boy, Star Wars. And then you're stuck, and you fucking have to take the kids, because, God damn it, I want to see that movie! I'd just get them by the side of the road. I would take them, you know what you used to do? Have them out front with a little cup, and put glasses on and pretend they're blind. Yeah. Tell them that's the way they can see the fucking movie. This is uh, from George Karstecki. Hey, Lewis, help me out here. There's no other can. Once again, I grow weary of those who give 50% or less of their attention to their duties at work, but still de demand 100% pay. Hmm. I just had surgery and therapy on the wrong arm. <laughs> yeah, American medicine. God damn it. Son of a bitch. But I still paid... I could actually have, you could have just come to me. I could have worked, Gregory, I could have worked on your good arm. Even though I know nothing, you'd probably be better off. Just me poking around with a scalpel. 
It just seems unfair because in my business, if you wanted two new lights and only one work, I didn't get paid. And I always got reminded to give 100% all the time by something called electrical shock. Hmm, wait, maybe we could incorporate that same feeling to those at desks fucking up my life or even in the cars full of distracted drivers that impede my journey to my fucked up appointments. Thanks for listening, Lewis. You're the only one that I believe can fix this mess. <laughs> yeah, you're a hundred percenter. Signed, too many shocks. I cannot fucking believe they fucking did the wrong. I mean, you've got to be able to file suit or some shit, don't you? Don't you have a lawyer? Can't you get a hold of Rudy? <laughs> Son of a bitch. There's got to be one of those signs. You know, there's a billion of those fucking, that's another group of cocksuckers, those sites. Yeah, we'll help you out, goddammit. Yeah, we'll get you that money. Come on, George, call one of those fucks. Just, it'll get you through the day, and it'll give you something to do with your bad arm. That really sucks. I, God damn it. That's, I actually had, uh, Pneumonia, I didn't, I, I don't know if I talked, I didn't talk about this, but I've had, I had pneumonia and I, I came down with it in, uh, a severe case of it in Ireland. And the, the price for the whole thing was um, 10 days in the hospital, $8,000. For all the drugs, everything, everything, yeah, that's all is right. I'm thinking of going there just, it was, it was fucking cheaper than staying in a hotel in New York. You shit me? And then the nurses come by? Fuck you. It was great. Can I get it? I'd do 800 bucks a day and a sponge bath. <laughs> Melissa Dranken. This is, uh, my friend had major surgery on his ankle. I'm reading this because of yours. And was finally able to use crutches after six weeks. He went to Kohl's to exchange a Christmas gift. Got in line at customer service. Guy told him he had to go through the rope maze at the other counter. My friend hobbles over there, rings the bell, and then the same fucker walks over <laughs> and says, hi, may I help you? This is from Gene Howell. My son has cystic fibrosis. Why do these fucking insurance companies get to dictate his care instead of his specialty doctors? Uh, I think you know why, Gene. Because they make money! I do uh, some work, uh, not as much as I should, but I do some work for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. That bobblehead is out there. Um, a chunk of the money. A chunk of the money that goes to that bobblehead goes to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation each year. And it's a, it's a, it's a nice chunk of money, and it's been great that people really like to have a, a, a doll of me that just goes, fuck you, and eat shit and die. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, we do everything we can. In, which the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is trying to do everything they can to try to kind of get past that, that the health insurance companies and, and trying to make it possible for people to do uh, and make do with uh, trying to deal with a, a disease like that, which is, uh, can be really brutal. The, the work that they've done since I've joined them has been quite remarkable, and they've, they've gone, uh, they, it, it's really amazing how far they've come in terms of improving the lives of those who have it, but it, it, there's miles to go. But, but having the insurance companies involved in this is really nonsense. I've always thought it was kind of insane 
Insurance companies make no sense unless you work for an insurance company. A health insurance company is nuts. Who wouldn't want to pay a fucking shitload of money to live? And that's the barrel they've got us over. So at some point we'll figure it out, but until then, <laughs> it is, it's unbelievable. Nobody wants to deal with it. Nobody wants to deal with it. They just want to fight about it. It's got to be free enterprise. I don't, I don't get it. It's your life. Health is not something that you fucking, I just, I don't, I, I don't get it. Not when I paid. And you, and you can't use the argument with me about, boy, in other countries, fuck you. I was in Ireland. This is a country that has given some of the greatest drunks on earth. <laughs> and their health care, from the moment I got there, from the moment I got there into the moment I left was spectacular. Nothing. And I'm going to tell you something. This will come as a shock. Their equipment there was eerily similar to ours. <laughs> Fucking. Deborah Martin. So there's, these come back. These came in. The next two came in on the same day, literally within three hours of each other. Two totally different per people. Deborah Martin, why don't people just be thankful that they can walk and leave handicapped parking spaces for those who need them? I realize some medical conditions aren't obvious to nearby observers, but when I see someone sprinted to a store after parking in a handicapped space, it infuriates me. Quit using Aunt Sally or your dad's handicap placard and give yourself a little exercise, please. Followed by Beth Bell. Between us, there's only seven people. And the rest of you, fuck them. Fuck them. I got that card and I'm going to use it. God damn it. My Aunt Sally's got a fucking handicap card. Fuck you, Lewis. Fuck the person who wrote that. I got eight people over there who give a shit. I got eight people in a handicap section. The rest of you, fuck you. That was unbelievable. Eight people applauding and the rest of you, well, I don't know. No, and they watched it throughout the world, okay? So the whole world was watching and you fucked things up. Now, now I got people will be writing in. They're not, there's no empathy in that fucking country. I knew it. I'm not going to visit Michigan. God damn it. This is Beth Bell. Between us, my husband and I have five invisible disabilities. Each one qualifies us for a blue permanent handicap place card. Wow. This can make life so much easier unless the social injustice heroes are out trolling a lot. There are the obvious prick patrols that yell things like, I'm calling security, or I'm going inside to report you, often while taking pictures or using their phone to call someone. Sometimes I have time to get my lipstick on before grandma can take the shot. Then there are the passive-aggressive, self-righteous fuckers that need to wait until we are out of sight. They leave notes in lipstick or notes under the wiper blades. They can be as simple as jerk, faker, bastard, or more like inspirational quotes, such as, save the handicapped spot for those who actually need them, bitch. <laughs> or, God is watching, he knows. What do we need to look like? 
the blue sign depicts a bald-headed stick figure in a wheelchair. We are not bald and both overweight. Why would anyone fake being disabled? Unbelievable. And I'm going to end with this. Well, there are two of them. These both came in from kids, which is why I'm reading them, and they're both fairly close. One is from Thomas Dudley. I don't know where he goes to school. Thomas, if you could tell me where this school is so people will know so that they don't go there. Um, <laughs> my school has such shit food that it literally has a company who's been kicked out of fucking prison for how terrible it is. This company has made me go vegetarian, not by choice, but by circumstances. The food has been so bad that it almost has become a joke for me to say, if I wanted logistics, I would go to anywhere else. I cannot believe that I paid $8 a meal for what is literally worse than prison food. I don't expect much, but I expect that the meat will not be green, and the only good food being the ice cream and the good fruit being oranges that taste like battery acid. <laughs> Granted, I haven't actually consumed battery acid. The student union promised to remove it from the campus, but it hasn't actually removed it. Let me know who, which campus that is, Thomas. I'd like to nail that. <laughs> People should know. Uh, God damn it. You go there, fucking, fucking unbelievable. Yeah, I, um, the one thing for me was is when I went to college was is my mother, I always felt that uh, my mother's cooking prepared me for institutional cooking. <laughs> When I, I gained like five, five pounds the first week of school, I was going, fuck, this shit. People were around me to discuss it. I'm going, you're nuts. This is phenomenal. I don't know what you were getting, but son of a bitch. And finally, this is from uh, Jake Holly. Lewis, it's time we stopped experimenting with soft drinks. I'm a 23-year-old college student set to graduate in May, and the one thing that bugs me the most about life today is the Coca-Cola company. No, what bugs me isn't the anti-competitive monopolizing of the soda market. By the way, where the fuck are you, Pepsi? Just make a drink that doesn't taste like dog shit drowned in maple syrup. No, it's not even that they employed 4,500 workers in South Africa in the 80s that were still suffering under apartheid that gets under my skin. <laughs> That's spectacular. <laughs> that isn't what bothers him. No, Lewis, it's the fucking flavors. That's what bothers him. Coke is as American as apple pie baking and selling elections to Goldman Sachs. <laughs> so why fucking why do they insist on all these fancy schmancy new flavors like orange vanilla? They're pushing this shit on TV like it cures cancer. We've seen that shit that Coca-Cola does to our insides. We've even seen what the company does behind closed doors, but we drink it anyway. You know why? Because it fucking tastes good! <laughs> why get greedy? Give me my diet corrosive death juice and fuck off! <laughs> Stop trying to sell me more soda that tastes like orange-flavored liquid rust. <laughs> Pepsi, where the fuck are you during all this shit? Huh? because it sure isn't in the fucking lab working on your own formula. Just make something that doesn't taste like Willy Wonka's cough syrup and we'll drink that shit like it comes from the fountain of youth. We're all desperately scavenging the rugged, worn, torn landmasses of corporate consumerism looking for more shit to drink other than water. 
Hell, we have LaCroix in our houses now. And that shit is like static electricity in a can. <laughs> God damn it, we'll put anything in our bodies if we can stand the taste. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mount Pleasant. Thanks to the Chippewa Nation. Thanks to the Soaring Eagle Casino. Thanks to all of you for listening to my Rantcast. If you have a rant you want to get off your chest, send it in to me at lewisblack.com forward slash live. You can think of it as therapy or whatever you want to think of it as. Just let it rip. And I want to thank the true stars of our show, the ranters and the splendid rants they gave us. Lewis Black's Rantcast was created and hosted by me. Ha <laughs> Lewis Black. It is produced by James Salkind. Our theme song by Chris Lane. Executive producer, Ben Brewer. Executive producers, Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast. And most of all, thank you, all of you who ranted so well on this show. <laughs>